informative podcast all about training working dogs look no further than the lwdg pod dog this weekly show is hosted by me joanne perrott founder of the ladies working dog group and i chat to experienced trainers and experts in the field who will give you helpful tips and advice whether you're just getting started or you've been working dogs for years this podcast will have something for you so pull up a chair pour yourself a cup of coffee and tune in to lwdg pod dog and let us help you build a better bond with your best friend. Welcome to another episode of the Ladies Working Dog Group podcast. And this afternoon, Jenna and I are going to be interviewing Jo Perrett, the founder of the Ladies Working Dog Group, all about her time recently on the Canine Instructors Academy course, which is run by Robert Elaine. Hi, ladies. How are you? Hi, Claire. I'm very well, thank you, Claire. A little bit nervous being the other side of this. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we just thought it would be a really nice idea, Gemma and I. So we're going to kind of take it in turns in asking you about your experience, about why you wanted to do the course and what you gained from it as the founder of the Ladies Working Dog Group. So first of all, what prompted you to attend Rob's course? It was a little bit of bullying from you, Lord. (laughs) No. Um, (laughs) I've got, it was a case of watching uh, all of you develop. Oh, so let's start at the beginning. Claire, when you joined the LWDG, you'd already done the course. So I already saw (laughs) your ability and the way you taught and absolutely loved it. And then I've watched over the years, people like Gemma, people like Nikki, people like Rose, all go through the course as well. And literally their confidence and ability not just around dogs, but just in themselves, hugely changed. And I was really curious to find out what it was about this course that was helping them so much. And now that you've been on the course, Joe, do you feel different in yourself? Absolutely. Like, I'll be blatantly honest, at the beginning, I was finding it hard. The first couple of days, I was finding it hard to tie it all together in my head. Um, I'm quite a visual learner. I need to see things to understand things. Um, There was a lot of theory, which I always like. I always take notes so that I can look at the notes and be visualizing that, if that makes sense. And I was like, okay, I saw together this bit and that bit, but how does that all go together? But by the Friday, it all sort of was like, it was like all these pieces of a jigsaw puzzle had been floating around and they all sort of just went click and I went, Ah, and it absolutely coming away Friday. It's definitely changed, not just my dog training, but definitely my thinking. That's really interesting, and I think because when we think about it, the Canine Instructor Academy course. I mean, it's a residential five-day course, isn't it? And it is a lot of theory, but there are also a lot of practical elements with the classes that are running. So you're watching. Um, some of us trainers actually work with real life dogs and their owners the you know these are not pre-trained dogs these are puppies or young dogs with very little to no training coming in plus you get to watch Rob do a behavioral consultation what was it about the week was there like a moment in your head where it just all clicked together and you went 
that's what I was waiting to see or was it an accumulation of things? That's an, that's an excellent question actually because going into the course on Monday I was really adamant saying to everybody there is no way I will go out of this course wanting to be a dog trainer. I don't <laughs> want a dog train. I love what I do with the LWDG and I've got enough on my plate especially with my three spaniels. But as I watched bits of the theory, but also the fundamental concept or, or Rob's passion and the trainer's passion for doing this to be able to help somebody who was absolutely struggling with a dog. Mm. And I really could, I could really attach myself to that because it's very much what we do with the LWDG. I look at it from helping the handler to be able to help the dog Rob looks at it and you guys look at it from helping the handler to have the skills to help their dog like one-to-one -one in front of them and I sort of thought I they sort of aligned but what I think for me was the crossover where I was like oh my god I feel completely different about all this and really empowered by this was watching the practical classes and as you said they they weren't dogs that were trained because anyone can turn up with six trained dogs and show us a perfect class and make it look like that was a, you know, the the proof that the theory worked. But the six dogs that we saw over two days in 24 hours, there was huge differences in some of the dogs, but also huge differences in the handlers. They really like, they just felt, you could see it in their head, they, they just got it. They they weren't they weren't fully trained and i'm sure they need lots more classes to keep on solidifying the learning but they definitely they were just far more positive about their dogs and they felt more in control and on like when they first came in and the same for the consultation on friday they all came in being people who didn't really look like they knew what they were doing with their dogs and they all looked towards the end like okay i still haven't got all the answers but i actually do feel like i've got control of my dog now yeah, and I think you mentioned it there about the word empowered. And I think that happens to loads of people that go on the course where they go in going, well, no, I'm just going for a little bit of knowledge. I just want to expand my knowledge base. And they all end the week going, oh, my God, I'm going to help people. I've got some really useful tools. And whether I get people to pay me or whether I help friends or, or whatever, they all go away wanting to do something. Um, so I think that's a really special bit about the course, how it, it does train people what to do with dogs but it does change your mindset a little bit and and I don't know whether Claire would agree with me but if you look at the past students that are now trainers that come back and help on the course it's really nice to watch them because they all work as a team they're all really confident in what they're doing and I'm not sure that there's many trainers that would be happy with being watched and spoken about and sort of picked apart on what they're doing but they're also comfortable in what they're doing that they're happy for that to happen. I agree entirely, Gem, and I have to say, like, obviously, John and I did Rob's 12-week um, instructor course that was about before this five-day residential course. So that was basically going along once a week, every week, and watching a class and learning and then debriefing and picking it apart and talking about the dog's behaviour and how we'd do it. And then there were also um, theory-based sessions that Rob would hold and we would literally sit and watch dog training and, and pick it apart and look at the dog's body language and behaviour. But being on that residential course for five days and watching the emotions of the attendees like always maybe a little bit 
fearful at the beginning of what the week is about and then watching their emotions unravel during the week to the point where they're literally at the end of the week like I need to go away and help people these dogs can be helped these owners can be helped and why am I holding back and because Rob's very much he he takes away that he takes away that fear of but I haven't got 15 years experience I haven't got this qualification that qualification he what he does is looks for natural ability in people and people that actually can train dogs but more importantly work with people to help them train their dogs and I think the pinnacle thing is the ethos around it being prama so you know positive reinforcement and minimally aversive training there's no there's no kind of like you must do this and this is absolutely how you train this exercise it, it's an ethos and it's it's empathy isn't it how would you explain that joe that's another great question <laughs> i think you guys have known me for so many years now yeah i've listened and i've I've watched all the masterclasses and I've learned so much stuff, so much great stuff. But I've never on certain exercises been able to get in my head. I knew how to fix it, hmm. but I just didn't know how to fix it with my dog. Does that make sense? So I've got a, I've got a theory of this is how you do something. Yeah. This is my dog and I'm just not getting it. Something in that week... It just, I, I, I would love to be able to put my finger on it. I'm sure if Rob could put it in a bottle and sell it, he would be a millionaire. It would, it was <laughs> just something that just went, to look at the dog, this is probably it, to look at the dogs a different way. We're looking at the dogs one way and we're not seeing the dog the right way. And not seeing all the great feedback the dog has given us every minute that maybe we, we're not really connecting with. I literally felt like, um, we've spoken about it briefly on off podcast. I, like you all know, I've struggled with Buddy to get an off lead heel so badly. I take the lead off and he's like, wee, let's go. Um, and <laughs> it's just been a nightmare. And since I've come back, literally in one session, I had the tools that he was walking to heel. Now he still is not perfect, but he was with me and because I instantly knew how to do that. It empowered me more. So then the one or two times that he did go off and have his little wee-wee running around, I I wasn't like stressed or frustrated or feel disempowered in myself. I was like, I know what that's about. I know why he's doing that. And I know exactly how to fix it. So I just I just remained completely calm, remained neutral and just went back to, to what I'd been taught. And I think, I think there's a lot of, people who would love just to to know that and it was more than just it was more than just dog language or dog behavior like i felt a little bit like rob took 35 years or whatever he's been working with dogs he condensed all his knowledge down and like injected it into our brains in five days which in some type days was painful because it was like oh my god this is so much information and like i said how does it all fit together but you just keep pushing through and then by the Friday you're just like so permanently set I don't think or I hope nothing would happen in the future that I would it would unbreak that is that does that make sense to you too because you've done it yeah and I think that's the difference in the training that Rob does he teaches you the whys rather than the what you do's 
So anyone can say, right, this is how you teach a dog to heal or whatever, but you need to know why you're doing those bits and the consequence of not doing those bits and the consequence of doing those bits and, and what happens. Whereas I don't think a lot of training often covers that. You know that you're doing something, you know what you should be doing, but you don't know the background behind it. So once you've got that background, you can apply it to all sorts of different things and go, all oh, right, so I'm doing this because X, Y, and Z. And if I do this, I'll get the X results. Absolutely. And also, I think one of the things for me, Rob takes the nonsense out of it. Like, and he takes away the complicated terminology and the words that people don't understand, but also the words that people misuse as well. And he makes it into a way that you just can look at the dog and read that dog. And one of the things that we always talk about is working with the dog in front of us. And for me, that's why what makes Rob so different, you know, and why we always say when we're talking to people about behavior as opposed to training a exercise, we will say we need to see the dog. It's because we actually need to see the dog, read the dog to then understand what is the best methodology for this dog what is the best thing we can do but also take into account what will work for the owner there's no point giving the owner a way of working with the dog that that the owner can't grasp or that they won't be able to do and every owner is different and every dog is different and I think Rob's training gives you the ability to take away the jargon, to take away all these fancy words, you know, and you see these fancy words just thrashed around left, right and centre. Most people don't even understand what they mean. And we're just reading a dog and saying, this is what the dog needs. That's it. That's it. Three years of editing your stuff. <laughs> I, did, I did go in there with some knowledge because I've watched you and I've listened to you and I've I've learned from you and I've learned from you and the dog and ducks so I've I've had almost like three years pre-coursework if that makes sense and like today um when we went to the beach I was literally what I didn't have a dog with me we'd gone to see sunflowers so exciting and and we as I was walking I was like I couldn't help but like I was watching people with their dogs and, and now I can't like switch it off. I was reading, I felt, it was really weird actually. And I don't know if you guys have felt this or whether this is a joke thing. I couldn't help but read their relationships. And I was saying to no. Mark, I was saying to Mark, look at, you know, this and this and this. And he was like, oh yeah. And I thought we, we passed this all day watching everybody else with their dogs. And we probably don't think there's anything not wrong, but what's going on in their relationship. And if you look at it as like a relationship, a genuine relationship between two people, the person walking the dog and the dog, there's a relationship there or there isn't a relationship there. And I was watching it and I was thinking loads of people walking their dogs ha don't even realise they have no relationship with their dog. And I wouldn't have known. I really wouldn't have known until I'd done that course. It's like a light bulb goes off in your head and you're just watching and, and, it, and you might be able to look at a dog and the owner saying, my dog's fearful of this. And you're looking thinking, no, the dog's not fearful. You're not seeing the full picture there. Um, you know, so it does. It just, it, you're, it enlightens your brain into reading a dog for sure. And I think when you do watch that live behaviour consultation and Rob goes through all those questions that the people have already answered, remember, and supposedly put all the details down, 
and you start unpicking all those and go, oh, but he does this and he does this. And you realise how all those little things go completely unnoticed by the owner until somebody goes, oh, but he does that. Oh, well, yeah, he does, but only on Mondays or, or whatever they say. But all, <laughs> all those things sort of link up into the bigger package. And actually the problem isn't that the dog runs away and ignores you. The problems all start in the house with all these tiny little bits that the dog's doing and and that it's getting away with unnoticed because the owner doesn't pick them up. So it's it's really interesting once you sort of start delving and then like you say, you're out and about going, oh, look at that. And you can't help it. So welcome to our world. What I loved about the Friday consultation was when Rob started and he said, it, it was a genuine dog with a, with a genuine problem, you know, and I, I thought he was very brave to do that because it could have been like nothing happened in that, that consultation but as much as he was told by the owner he was told by the dog in the room if that makes sense and I was just like you know some things I didn't pick up on and when he pointed them out I was like oh yeah now you've pointed them out blatantly obvious but loads of stuff I was picking out up on as well and you could just see like um the dog's behavior when somebody else entered the owner's space and things like that and it, it was just so much and i just thought now you know i've, I've always believed you guys when you've said oh you can't do a behavioral consultation over a phone um you know or you because you can't see what's physically going on in that relationship and i thought oh, I, I i truly believed you but then when i saw it on friday i thought oh this is exactly what maybe is very difficult to put into words is how it's also almost like a perception. If you could ask the dog what was going on in the room and ask the owner what's going on in the room, they're going to give you two completely different stories. Yeah, absolutely that. And I think that is the point, you know, during COVID, we had no choice but to help people in other ways. But it wasn't ideal, but it was better than nothing is how I describe it. I would much rather see a dog in person or refer that dog and owner to somebody I know and trust that's near them to help them in person because you are reliant otherwise on, yes, I gather video, you know, during COVID I would gather video evidence of seeing this and seeing that, but you are quite reliant on the owner's interpretation of what's happening, but also the owner's version of event. Whereas actually when you're there with the owner and the dog, the dog is telling you more than the owner most of the time. Um, so it's incredible. And I'm just so glad you got to see that, Joe, because it's something you just can't explain to people. You can't explain it. It's just, but to see how quickly the change can happen if the owner embraces that and and is is there to take it on board. Like when people say to me, uh, during a consultation or usually at the beginning of the consultation you know I'll be in their home for around four hours very often um, unless it's a dog I already know really well and it might take a bit less but you know around four hours and they say how long am I looking because I worked with this other trainer for like two years and we're no further on and I'm going well if you embrace this whole program and you work with me We'll see, we'll see results today, but within a couple of weeks, you're definitely going to see this happen and that happen. And within a few months, we'll be here. And they're like, are you joking? And, and they can't believe. And then when I get messages literally the next day saying, my dog's a different dog tonight. I can't believe the change in my dog. And it's because we're not just trying to 
put the same stamp or the same label or make things overcomplicated. We're just working with the dog and we're reading the dog and going, this is what the dog needs. And if the owner is prepared to embrace that, we can change it. Do you know what I think I took away? And Gem, you were there, you watched the consultation there that day with me. At the beginning of it, the dog and the owner, this is my a very new understanding. They had a relationship, but it was very much. I almost felt dog was in control. Dog did what dog wanted to do. Dog was going to protect owner at any cost, but dog was doing what he wanted to do and protecting the owner. By the end, the dog was still very much in love with his owner and protecting them. But he was also saying, but I'm actually going to let you have some input in this relationship now. Whereas at the beginning, the dog was like, uh, the dog almost felt like he was making sole decisions, all his own decisions on his own. And it, that, that wasn't a nice place for that dog. He didn't want to do that. Whereas by the end, it was like, nothing had changed and the dog hadn't been subject to any pain, any suffering. But the dog had just gone, oh, you want to say something to you, ma'am? <laughs> <laughs> and we see this time after time, Joe. You you get all these dogs with various different issues and we do the behaviour consultations and by the end of the session the dog looks visibly relaxed because they're like, Oh, thank God that you've taken that big responsibility from me because I really didn't know what to do with that situation or this situation and you've taken some sort of leadership role in that and oh, that's so much better for me because I can now relax and you see them just go oh and it's like a weight's been lifted off them and you saw that for yourself that day. Gemma's just explained that perfectly and this is what I say to people all the time you know dogs don't want to take that responsibility a dog that's that people use the word reactive and it's not a word I like because everything is a reaction, but Hey, you know, we'll go there another day on another podcast. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but um, the dog doesn't want that. And when the owner takes the role as whether you want to call it a leader or a parent figure and shows that dog, you know, how to behave, you do see the dog immediately decompress. And the owners can't believe the difference. And quite often people say the dog looks a little bit subdued, but then they really look at it and they go, actually, I've never seen the dog relax like that before. And you're like, the, the dog's just had a weight lifted off of its shoulders, literally. And this can be done very, very quickly. But the minute we start trying to overcomplicate it or think that the dog is this and the dog is that, and we're still trying to like I don't know it's I find this the frustrating part is how overcomplicated dog training has become and it doesn't need to be and when you take that away and you strip that away and you just say this is the problem follow this program and I guarantee you your dog is going to be okay and it works but you know when people haven't followed the program and you know when people have then started to look at other things and try to bring that in instead because they don't want to do that you know you're just messing with it it's not going to work would you would you agree with that guys i think that after seeing what i saw in that week i think if you didn't follow it the dog would the dog's behavior would dob you in you you wouldn't be able to, you wouldn't be able to no. go back and say 
that's the calm dog I left you with on Friday because what you just explained, I literally saw them for myself. It almost reminded me of almost like Monty Roberts horse whisperer type of stuff. Where the they yes. just go. Um and the dog had the dog had significant issues. This wasn't a dog who just like my dog won't walk to Oh no, this was a serious dog. It was a serious and, dog, wasn't it? And yeah. I was just like the dog had everything he wanted, the owner doted on the dog without doubt that dog had the best life possible the dog was loved the dog had anything needed on it spent on it you know there was nobody could ever say in any way she did not love that dog that dog had everything and from a positive environment it couldn't have got any positive more positive so if something is so 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 positive and your dog is still worried you've got to look at the whole picture and i just literally think by the to see the dog change that quickly i don't think it would have and there was like i said to you there was no pain there was no you know there was nothing nothing like that nothing where people are like oh you know what was the magic the magic secret the the magic secret was Rob taught her how to 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 read the dog and help the dog to know what she wanted it to do. That's all it was. If you're gonna if you're gonna boil it down, he just gave her the skills to be able to manage the dog, and the dog was grateful for it. The dog was snoozing on the floor like flat out when maybe more at the beginning the dog just it was sort of laying down but it wasn't settling it was watching what everybody was doing and i know it was a new environment but it just it kept up for quite a while didn't it Jeremy? it didn't settle no she was a very anxious sort of nervous dog of everything wasn't she she wouldn't approach people she was very standoffish of everyone in the room which like you say might have been because it was a new environment and we were all staring at her. but you've got to pick up those little bits and it completely changed towards the end didn't it and that's the same as the dog that Rob saw on the behavioural day on the previous course. It was a spaniel that was barking, it was frantic, it couldn't settle, it was stressing, but it wanted to meet everyone, it was jumping up everyone. By the end of that consultation, by the end of that day, that dog was laying on the floor on its side, really relaxed, chilled out. And when the other owner turned up to pick up the dog and the wife, he walked in and went, oh, my God, I have never seen my dog look so relaxed. And that was the word he used, relaxed. It wasn't stressed. It wasn't, you know, anything negative. It was literally that. And I think I'm just, you know, you can't explain this to people, but people have to go in with all, with both feet and and follow it. You can't you can't mess around with it. Otherwise, it won't work. I think a lot of the feedback, because obviously there was there was more than just me on the course. There was, I think it was a group of 10 of us. 10 of you, yeah. 10 of mm. us. And like everybody, we all sort of went through different parts at different times. Some people had their dogs with them. Some people didn't. I didn't have my dog with me. And I literally think that everybody went in on the Sunday night or the Monday morning, came away on Friday as a very much a different dog handler. Even if they don't go on to be public dog trainer they're very different and i could even see that in the people who were there with their dogs they just looked they looked more relaxed you know it was quite like 
they they just not really like they were having you know fun with their dogs at the end and more like actually i'm i'm more aware of what i want to be doing now with it so like for me as a, as far as a course goes the value is 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 massive it's just even if you came out to it and said well actually i still don't want to go help other people from what you take away for it would be enough to um to help you go forward like I, I certainly don't think for one second my learning is over and in fact i felt the learning rob and the other people who, who taught they, they said they gave ideas of where you wanted to keep learning and you know and rob says what i'm saying even I might not agree with tomorrow because I'm learning all the time and I like that. Nothing was like, this is the way, this is the only way, do not think outside this box. It was actually more like, this is a bubble and the bubble moves and the bubble changes, but this is the, the way we're thinking. And I can vouch for that entirely. I've, I've known Rob personally for eight years now. And we still debate and discuss dog training and behavior on the phone on a regular basis. We go out for dinner and things that maybe I learned from him eight years ago. He and I have changed how we do it now because we're constantly learning from every single dog you work with. You learn something else. And this is why every single dog we go in basically like a blank canvas. And it's like this is all the information I need to get. I'm going to read the dog, read the owner, and I'm going to, and sometimes I'll think of something that I've never thought of before. You know, I will go away, go home from doing a behavioral consultation and ring Rob and go, the most incredible thing happened today. And I've never done this before, but we did it and it worked with that dog. What do you think, Jen? Do you sort of, are you already starting to evolve things and change things now? Yeah, we're constantly evolving and adapting and changing things. And I think that's what's really nice about Rob's ethos is because it can fit whatever you want to do. I mean, within its ethos, obviously. Yeah. Uh, and Rob's always really supportive of things that you try and you go, look, we've done this. What do you think about this? And he goes, yeah, that's that's not bad. I don't know why we don't do that, but that's a good idea, blah, 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 blah. And then obviously we do different exercises and things that we evolve with dogs in groups and things. And yeah, it's just really nice that everyone has the same training, but then goes on their own individual routes but using the ethos and doing different things with it so none of rob's trainers are all the same everyone will teach slightly differently but within that bubble if that makes sense yeah within that ethos and within that but also we're like a we've become like a community of supporting one another so if one of us is going out to see a dog of a case that may be slightly different or you somebody else has already done a similar thing Share that we you know we want each other to be successful because at the end of the day if we're all successful the owners are successful which means the dogs have happier lives so joe what was your favorite speaker of the week what did you enjoy most um no pressure, <laughs> <laughs> no pressure seeing as you all trained um you're all going to be sad because my favorite speaker of the week was alton i can't think of a second name what's his second name Nathan on uh learning theory because i have done um i've been to university to do psychology and i've done this and i've never made the connection even though you guys again see see how many times you could sometimes need to be told something before you get it i've never made that link between learning theory in people and learning theory in dogs being the quadrants 
being the same thing i you know i've seen a picture of the quadrants and like the r plus r negative or whatever they are and just been like what the hell i never really seen what it was all based around um and it, it was just like a light bulb moment for me but it also made me think about like you said about terminology reinforcement you know i use reinforcement well there's positive and negative reinforcement oh i use i'm positive only well there's positive reinforcement and positive punishment so are you both you know it's it's our terminology <laughs> it's miss our our lack of understanding sometimes we think we're saying one thing and we're actually saying something completely different so that for, for me that was a bit like ah oh, actually you know if people said to me what type of training do you use i would probably say me personally i would probably say i use loads and loads of positive reinforcement and i use some positive punishment and if people were like oh my god you punished a dog but positive punishment can be tell <laughs> buddy oi so yeah it's adding something and like once i got my yeah. head on like that i was like positive just means add something it doesn't mean yes. you're good <laughs> and i was just like oh okay so positive's not good it's add you know if i uh, if i add an electric collar that's positive you know that's that type of thing and i just went well i definitely tell my dog oh so i do use positive punishment and i'm not going to be the type of person who goes oh, well i'm not going to say that because that's going to be misunderstood because i think learning if alton hadn't gone round it and all that conversation hadn't been had around it, I wouldn't now understand it. And I might be a person who, when somebody said, oh, I use positive punishment with my dog, I might have been like, oh, well, that's dreadful. <laughs> but then I didn't really understand what positive punishment meant to begin with. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. And I think most owners don't understand it. If you don't, ladies, if you're listening to this and you're like, I don't understand it either, definitely go back and watch... Um, with a new thought process from this podcast, go back and watch the constructive correction webinar we did and, and the workbook and really try and take it in again because I've like looked at it again and um, I've added a document to it as well based on what we learned in the course. But just like relook it and say, what does it mean? And just get it, get it through. I'm sure Jen will tell you the same, Claire tells you the same positive means add negative means take away that's that you've just got to see it as a, as a maths thing yeah maybe you just needed an american to tell you the whole time maybe you just can't understand us and to, be, <laughs> to be fair to be fair i did struggle to understand him and i know for a fact he struggled to understand me with my strong Welsh accent <laughs> but um yeah so but on the whole uh, to go back it was definitely my favorite part but on saying that they were all my favourite parts. There was no part in five days. And it's a long day, isn't it? It's nine till six. And no point did I say, oh, I've switched off. There wasn't one. I literally, and I literally went from class to class. You know, we had breaks and we had our lunches, etc. I went from session to session being like, what are we going to learn now? What are we going to learn now? Um, I didn't count, I didn't think... Uh, I can't take any more in. It, it's like the right level, the right intensity, because it was intense, um, but done done well. Are you now both sad that I didn't see you? No. <laughs> Rob might be that you didn't say him, but hey. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Rob. So um, 
There is another course running in October, isn't there? And for anyone listening who might be interested, the um, the website to go to to have a look is www.canine-instructor-academy.co.uk. I think I said that right. They're dashes, aren't they? The straight Everything line. Everything can see your hand. <laughs> Yes, the, the, the dash is that hand movement clear. Um, yeah, so, but I stayed there. Um, it's in a really weird place. It's an, an old RAF base. It looks like something out of Star Wars. You're um, selling it. It is. I am selling it. It looks like something out of Star Wars. The rooms are basic, but you will live. It's one up from camping. Um, but, you know, you're not going to have the hill done, but you are going to have a room. The good thing about being on site is lots of conversations in the evening around the table. Um, mm. I thought that my brain wouldn't have been able to take it anymore. Um, but I found myself getting involved in lots of those conversations. Um, made lots of friends. Really, really enjoyed watching others learn. That was really, really good as well. The food was was lovely. On days, I will be honest, because I'm not going to review anything and never say it as it was. The food was lovely, but sometimes weird choices were given. <laughs> I put that on my feedback form. Um, and nobody should ever serve a fish and chip roll with a tomato ketchup in. That took away my choice. But other than that, um, yeah, it, it, was, it was wonderful. And if you're somebody who's interested in becoming a trainer or just somebody who really wants to learn large volumes about how to work with your dog it, it is definitely a great place to start and would you say it's applicable to your gun dog work yeah well um, i was lucky on the thursday night i got to go and watch Gemma and nikki use the course course methodology the course skills in an introduction to gun dog class because i was really really curious how does this go over and it, it was seamless it was literally seamless i watched them do stuff training gun dogs that i maybe would never have done with my own gun dog and i was just like why don't i do that and then i was like oh this is just just simple stuff and i definitely think if you're very very serious about having a very very obedient gun dog you would want to find out more because you know if you want to compete or if you want to train it is a really excellent place to get your head to understand and no doubt going on i'm going to want to learn more but there is that support group going on and the fact rob is available going on and i don't want this podcast to sound like i'm saying rob is the only option out there because there are other options before me going forward this course suited me perfectly thank you very much joe it's been a pleasure to hear all about your experience on rob's course i'm really glad you enjoyed it um so thank you very much, Gemma, for helping me interview Joe. <laughs> We've turned the tables today. And thank you to our listeners for listening to the LWDG Poddog. Thank you for listening to LWDG Poddog with me, Joe Parrott. Now, we all know training a dog takes time, energy and patience, but our lives can be really, really busy. Don't worry, the LWDG has got you covered. Join us for our free planning workshop where we will show you how to use short, 10-minute training sessions each day to fast-forward your dog's education. Our experts have years of experience in training dogs and will help you get started on the right foot. 
Register now and start making progress with your furry friend today. Go to our Facebook page, The Ladies Working Dog Group, and click on the pinned post, or visit www.thelwdg.com.